Welcome to We Belong Here, Lessons from Unconventional Paths to Tech. I'm Lauren Lee, and I'm all about building communities, celebrating unique journeys, and sharing stories about the paths people have taken to enter the tech industry. Join me as we explore the skills my guests have learned in their prior jobs, schooling, or life experiences, and how they apply them to their current roles in tech. All right, let's do this and dive in. My guest today is an owner of Infinite Red, a mentor, an adjunct professor, a published author, and an award-winning speaker. For 20 years, he has been involved in software development and continues strong today. He's recognized as a Google developer expert in web and machine learning, but informally, he is an open sorcerer and aspires <laughs> to one day become a mad scientist, which I love. He blogs, videos, and maintains popular repositories for the community. His name is Gant Laborde. Gant, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. <laughs> awesome. All right, let's start at the beginning, shall we? Yep. Let's do it. So can you tell me more about the experiences that you had before you entered the tech industry? You know, I'll tell you, I so I'm an old dude. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's going to be part of this for you sure. You just want to get that out of the way early. Get that out of the way. <laughs> Back when I was starting computers. Oh my gosh. We would yell into a tube and then close the <laughs> lid. <laughs> oh, incredible. Uh, uh, but actually, uh, what's really funny is everybody around me was way better at computers. I, mm. I was in, we called it grammar school, or I'm not sure how every, it, it seems to be all over the place. Grammar sure, sure. school for us is uh, first through eighth grade. Yep. And <laughs> we had computer class, which I failed every year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those classes you couldn't technically fail, but I failed it. Um, I would just open up um, paint on the Mac or whatever. And it was just draw mm -hmm. all day and not actually remember <laughs> what RAM stood for. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was, yeah, it was just really bad. And um, everybody around me was way better at computers than me. Um, and it was just, it was just like, I wanted to play video games and such. Got and, <laughs> uh, my dad was anti-computers. He had, when he finally had to have one for work, he f flipped his lid. He hated, uh, typing on a thing. And, you know, it was just, <laughs> it was just like one of these devices that was like cursed in the house for a while. Sure. Um, and so I was really bad at computers uh, for a good bit. And then it was my neighbor who came over and he made the computer say, hey, Gant, like uh, instead of hello world. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's when it changed. That, that was it. That was my my sort of like moment into computers at Your that one. Bulb. I was like, I was like, this thing talks back <laughs> way than any game I have. And, <sighs> and that sort of like started my adventure into the computing world. Um, I see. And, not any information out there. Uh, it was back when you had to have books, and my mm -hmm. dad wouldn't buy me books. So a lot of it was just breaking stuff and then seeing how it broke. Uh, mm, <laughs> I'd say I that love that, that style of learner. Yeah, no, that's, that's actually <laughs> what I do today, too. So now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm just doing more of the same. <laughs> 
I see. Okay. And so then did you go on to pursue studying it? Or once you kind of had that change in direction of phobic yeah. towards it and then to loving it, what happened next? Um, so so fun thing is I always had the oldest computer. Now that was my next like sort of limitation. Uh, sure. I went off to college and I was gonna so so this is a little bit different from most of your guests, is that I just never gave up uh, well like on 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 the fact that I was going to be this and like I didn't have any other cool plans like like everybody mm. else generally has these cool visions of going out and being uh you know an influencer in, in anything but computers <laughs> um <laughs> I was surrounded by uh sort of like this hey I'm going to be good at this and I was constantly kind of having trouble getting there uh, sure. And so <laughs> I had like the oldest computer. Um, I was really bad at math. Uh, <laughs> and I felt like all these were limitations. Like if you don't have the newest computer and you don't, you know, know math very well and you don't, you're not like fantastic at science, you're going mm -hmm. to fail to actually ever do anything cool with computers. And uh, fortunately enough for me, like I was really angry with with like that entire path forward. I didn't have a lot of um, mentors or ever educators in that field. Yeah. Um, but somehow, and I don't know how, I just continued to go down this path and got connected with the right amount of dopamine at the right amount of times to to actually to continue, continue down the field yeah I, yeah I don't know no how. i was gonna <laughs> say like what would be what was your motivator to stick with it if you were feeling as though oh, you yeah. were failing in it that's so fascinating that it, your passion for it just prevailed <laughs> yeah well you know it's it's funny is like you go take the i think that academia and, and this is part of why i you know I, I did actually go through the computer science program and i think it yeah. was it was very uh it's probably one of the most damaging things for me is because you go huh. in there and it's like, all right, today we're going to talk about bubble sort. And you're like, okay, um, I, I want to build an app that talks to people. I want to build something that connects people. I want to build a game, you know? Yeah. Tell me how does bubble sort relate to my life or anything <laughs> no. I'm curious to create. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's the classic mathematician's answer. It's going to be on the test. Yes, <laughs> like, definitely. Oh no, that's, that's non-motivating whatsoever. Mm. <laughs> Why do I mm. need to understand calculus? Uh, it's going to be on the test. Okay. What I'm a bummer sure. answer. It's the worst. Oh, gosh. Oh, jeez. As a prior teacher myself, I can really relate to, you know, wanting to give the better answer when a student asks that question of like, why yeah. do I have to know the difference between an adverb or an adjective, whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. You know, teachers know how to do something and they know how to like a real teacher knows how to do something and they know why it needs to be done and that's what i mean sure. like a real teacher um so for instance you can pay someone tomorrow who's expert mm -hmm. in in some craft but it doesn't mean they know how to teach it and i love teaching i think that that might be part of the the vein that kind of brings this along is that oh. i learned something in a way that when i'm done with it i better be able to explain it that's way different. It also meant that it took me three times longer to pass calculus than anybody else. But wow. I think to this day, if you come back and we start talking about it, I really understand it. And I understand why it's important, you know, and I think that's a big piece of it. Maybe that's that's huge. Maybe that's how these things kind of get along. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's a demonstration of grit and resilience for sure, because oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I mean, to stick with something and to say I want to continue on this path yeah. uh, is inspiring. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, interesting. So can you tell me how you eventually ended up where you are now, which is an owner of Infinite Red? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I, I basically I did get the computer science degree. Mm-hmm. Um, took five years, which was okay. not terrible. Uh, it's a four year degree, though. And it's <laughs> and I kind of <laughs> got into the field, but I got a really cool job. And my first programming, uh, all my first programming jobs weren't just programming. They were sort of um, come in here and and sort of like make this efficient and bring bring that sort of outside perspective. Okay. Um, and I really enjoyed that part of it. So okay. as, as I was kind of working on things, it was having to explain, it was a business, it was a consulting perspective that always resonated with me is, mm. is like getting rid of that moment where, where, you know, I'm just doing this to make some number go down. Like my dopamine was never tied to those numbers. It was always tied to the people who were trying to, uh, connect these things. And um, I think that 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 groomed me to really move into consulting and start oh. to really work on influencing and 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 marketing and sort of bringing these outside talents, which is what I think computing needs. It needs people to come in with these outside perspectives and, and bring a fresh eye to everything because, you know, <laughs> computing itself is very cold, logical sure. and, and alone, you know, for a while. So. Uh, that I think that's kind of being a little bit broken in the computer science field has helped me um, progress with a different perspective. Mm-hmm. What do you think informs that otherwise kind of outside or different perspective? You know what I think it is, is um, a care about a craft that's not just that, that computers are the tool, right? So uh. I think that um, if you've spent... Uh, like like you've were ten years as an English teacher, and uh, hopefully your listeners already know that about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like that that sort of that that educational pattern and that 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 passion for it is what I think gets people into really effective computing, mm-hmm. um, reading papers, and staying in academia. That's going to be okay for. I want to say a huge subset of people, maybe five to 10% of people really want to sit down and read this. I love, uh, there's one PhD student who does this YouTube series called two minute papers where (laughs) it's so great. He reads these academic papers and then does a two minute video giving you visuals and education and why Mm. it's interesting. And then if you're extra motivated, go read the paper. Sure. Uh, and so I think that that's what's really cool about it is that this, as humans, we we expect this extra information, um, sort of like when we're sitting there talking to one another, there's this high bandwidth communication, and that gets you excited about the weirdest stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Like when a computer finally says, hey, Gantt, I, sure. you know, I mean, that's not someone that. else's. Yeah. yeah, it's not someone else's major moment, um, but it, it, it was mine. And I think mm-hmm. that that's what's special about it is that each person has these extra motivational moments. And so when you bring outside knowledge to it, um, that's what makes you a significant influencer inside of computing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, good for you for sticking with it and finding new things to be excited about too for (laughs) the time that you have. Yeah. Have you faced burnout or how have you fought against that piece of it? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, getting getting into this for a bit, um, I was doing it because I was excited about um, those aspects, and mm-hmm. that gets beaten out of people. Um, <sighs> at some point, you just like the things that are really exciting aren't part of your computer world anymore. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, again, I'm an old dude, so in 2009, <laughs> <laughs> I w- I really did hit a period of um, computers aren't that great to me anymore. And it was mm. really sad to have that. Uh, I live in New Orleans, mm. where there's just not like a thriving computer community. Mm-hmm. And so when I put it down, it was easy to kind of put down, I'd go to work, I would do my stuff, sure. and then I'd leave. <laughs> and yeah. it was it was gone. It was it was gone for years. And uh, I think that rekindling i think open source kind of rekindled it for me in 2012 that's cool yeah because it was great i was able to do something and then see people really appreciate it it. yeah yeah and and, and we work together and we're across the entire world from each other and with open source i was there i was there was back working with people and kind of helping them and they were helping me Mm -hmm. uh and i got back out of it yeah yeah that's a community sense yeah that's right Right. If you if you work that way, you know, like you need these kind of communities, the developer advocates and stuff like that. We mm-hmm. we're all fuel this extra humanity in the in this aspect. Definitely. I love that. Can you tell me more about what you do as the chief information officer at Infinite Red? Yeah, absolutely. So as as a so funny thing, my title's mm. special. It's CIO, but we've made it chief innovation officer. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I yeah. oh, what did I say? Uh, information, I believe. Information. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, no, that's totally okay because that's what CIO normally stands for. Oh, maybe that was just a quick. Okay, yeah. Tell me about innovation officer. I'm really into that title. <laughs> that's so fun. <laughs> yeah, that's what I love about where I'm working is that uh, you know, I mean, honestly, the titles are, are kind of important, but like we made a special title for this one because yeah. I it's exciting again. And so I was working just purely as consulting, um, working for a fantastic company, took care of me, sent me to conferences. Once I got over my fear of speaking, um, (laughs) let me like go around the world and have fun and and interact with people. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I need to be part of this company. Um, And so I talked to them. We had these conversations about buying into the company, which was not cheap, but (laughs) it was like, it, it showed that I really cared and they really cared. So yeah. I was, um, I bought into the company and then, so we needed a title change for, for me, instead of like a technology strategist, I mm-hmm. needed a, a chief title. And while I w- it could fit a bunch of them, we said, let's go off book. And yeah. it was our CTO who said, chief innovation officer, you are our mad scientist. You go out there research cool things you come back you teach it internally you kind of help us that way so uh chief innovation officer and it clicked we're like that's it that's it (laughs) it's perfect i love it so uh yeah that's that's how it kind of like came about i don't know if there's any other chief innovation officers out there but i'm okay i mean yeah and it's cool to be the first yeah (laughs) when in your career did you feel like okay wait i'm ready to be in that c-suite level um i started to so i'll say that i've been really enjoying working with 
people for so long and I had to make a choice at some point. Do I want to mm-hmm. go work at a big box store like Microsoft, Amazon, yeah. Facebook, Google? Um, or do I want to maintain my power in, in sacrifice for my resume? Sure. And that decision moment of sort of like getting an offer um, from major companies and turning it down, I said, well, now, now my road is clear. I want to be, yeah. I want to be a chief. I want to be um, at the top level of being able to control and making my decisions, not at a big box store. I don't think that's ever something I would kind of go after, but being able to be here and, uh, and innovate at a mid-level size company. And that was mm-hmm. it. So once that was, yeah. I, I honestly think it was 2017, I got my first big company offer and I turned it down. And then that sort of just said, okay, well now, now I'm in this. So go into yeah. this full on. Uh, and that worked out. There's some power in that. Yeah. yeah that feels yeah. really cool. I love that. That's so interesting. Good for you. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Well, traditionally I ask, you know, what kind of kept you from entering the tech industry before you did? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we kind of touched on that a bit in the space <laughs> of like what kept you from staying in it potentially was losing your passion for it for a moment yeah. or like losing community and, and the importance of finding that again kept you in it. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So then how would you say your past has informed you today in that role? Yeah, I say that my past as sort of a, um, I was a, I was a D student in math. Um, <laughs> it's just like, I was not, <laughs> no. I, I, I was not the person where all these things for computers sure. just clicked in. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of the things that that really informs me is that mm. I, I think everybody can do it. You know, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of when I go talk to a startup group or, you know, we have a, with a, a bootcamp and I hear all these amazing experienced people in Mm -hmm. these individual fields. And they're like, I'm not sure I can make it into, you know, computing in a sense. I'm like, uh, yes, you can. (laughs) <laughs> because you're talking to the D student here, Definitely. right? And um, not only that, you can do it. And your experience, that that sort of outside, the reason it doesn't click, but other things do, is so perfect for, for you to, to come in there and kick butt on mm-hmm. um, someone who's like, yeah, I can, I can write, you know, these swapping algorithms in my head. It's like, mm-hmm. cool. I don't, you know, being in this field for this long, I can safely say that that comes around once a year, you know, that sure. kind of value. Uh, yeah. it's, it's it's very valuable. Everybody should kind of learn that stuff. You should always go down into theory if you can and when you can. But <laughs> the practice and the the sort of real world aspect of it, I see way too many engineers over engineer because mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't mm-hmm. understand where the real goal is. And someone who comes in with that experience, they know where the real goal is. Mm, Yeah, that's so fascinating. Yeah, I mean, the more perspectives we can have when trying to approach a problem-solving moment, the better. So, of course. Uh, I think that's really neat. Yeah, and I think think it's just a really wonderful way to see the world also like okay mm-hmm. yeah i've failed at that before but it's not gonna stop me and yeah it, like 
fine, it's motivation then. And, and I'm going to find a way to persevere otherwise. So there's something really <laughs> fascinating there. I love that. Yeah. Can you share any life lessons that you've learned in those 20 years in tech? <laughs> I mean, that's a big, big question. <laughs> um, I'd say lean into your soft skills. That's Ooh, a okay. real funny part of it is that uh, I've seen people who uh, are great at soft skills and then, you know, they're growing and they're growing. And one of the things that they let is they let those soft skills decay, or maybe they're mm. great at technical skills and they never ever worked on their soft skills. And then okay. they hit the ceiling, right? Both of those people hit a ceiling because um, at some point for you to go from a one X to a multiplier, and I'm not going to mm-hmm. say 10 X developer, please don't <laughs> trust me. I'm not, I do not, but, but oh if you gosh. want to be what we call in our industry, a multiplier, which is a person that you can put on something and they, they're like this effective coefficient to everything they touch. Right. Uh, you have to figure out how to get a bunch of people to work together and it's the soft skills. It's how mm-hmm. to tell a client something's going to be late and have them smiling when you do it. It's about, uh, mm. you know, having a hard conversation, not being afraid of it. I can't tell you how many people... Um, are held back in their careers by the number of hard conversations they've refused to have. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, avoid, you, yeah, yeah, they, they and and they just sit and there's no growth for them anymore. They're they're not going to move anywhere. So um, your IQ is something you should always be working on, but your EQ is mm. just as important because mm-hmm. you know. Uh, you might be able to memorize everything that's in a React library. Memorize mm-hmm. it top to bottom. Uh, next year, it's out of date. <laughs> yeah, cool. What was the point of doing that? Is yeah. my first reaction to that. <laughs> exactly. Like you might have all these things ready to Definitely. go. Yeah. But what you know about people is going to be applicable in 20 years. Uh, it's going to mm-hmm. be everything that you learn about people five years, 10 years, that's always going to be, um, that's something you can always apply. So don't invest too much into (laughs) being the person who's proud that they didn't have to look something up. Uh, more importantly, (laughs) be able to help the person who did have to look it up. I think that that's the real value. Yeah, it's a cool party trick, but really, it's <laughs> better to be a good friend or something like that. Yeah, Who's you know someone that is exactly. a good leader or a good mentor, or whatever have you. Uh, oh, what's gosh. really funny about that is, uh, I actually have an excellent memory, which doesn't help you too much in computing. Most of my family, <laughs> my family goes into uh, you know, uh, like medicine and a bunch of other memory center or law. Sure. It, it's memory centric, perfect. Uh, which in Whoa. computing, yeah. funny enough, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. It's funny. I'm curious even too how you got into teaching and your mm-hmm. adjunct professor role and, yeah. you know, just what what inspired you to dip your toe into those waters? Uh, I, I think that teaching is one of the most important parts for people. Uh, being a helpful employee, being a helpful person, being mm-hmm. being a helper in the world. I think teachers are underpaid. Um, what's funny enough is that as you start to like educate to some degree, you have to remove the title teacher in order mm-hmm. to get paid more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you That's... you have to say other words like professor or consultant, which honestly, in a lot of ways, 
is is I find myself teaching all the time. Yeah, sure, good point. It's <laughs> really interesting. Oh gosh, how unfortunate though, too, if you think about I it. Know. Otherwise, ugh, woof. I mean, but but we've pluralized. We've we've like um, made society realize that teacher is sort of like a four letter word. I don't know why we have it on Time Magazine. We have it a bunch of other places, so we right. can't say that when when in actuality, um, it's such a valuable skill. It's an important skill. It's a sought after skill. Uh, you know, when we do hiring, if I find someone who can learn something and write a blog post about it, oh, their gosh. value just shot up like amazingly. 100%. Yeah, that's the unicorn status. You can explain it to right. any particular type of learner. I mean, mm, yeah. chef's kiss. So good. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'm in the space of developer education. And so that is really important yeah. to me. Just like, okay, can you think about different modalities? How would you present yes. it in a video versus a blog post? Or if you were live streaming it versus, you know, an edited down version of it. And it's just, it's all different for a different person. It's going to connect in a, in a unique way each time. So there's something yeah. really fascinating there. But we're probably reaching a flashpoint where we're going to see, um, you know, teaching just kind of hit so many new mediums. And, and you know, like, I think Definitely. multimedia right now is just exploding, especially with the uh, pandemic. Yeah. So we're seeing people find new and interesting ways to deliver information together. Absolutely. And like flipped classrooms are really becoming a way of the future with COVID yeah. and whatnot yep. and having to do e-online learning. Yeah, there's it's really cool space to be in, though, too, to be experimenting and learning and sharing and <laughs> playing around. Um, definitely. Okay, For so sure. can you tell Tell me about a time maybe you felt like an outsider and how you've dealt with those feelings. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, even even when people are in there, there's um, everybody feels like they're the only one who's not getting something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, imposter syndrome's real, right? So Surely. one of the things I'll say is that I, I never was comfortable speaking for a bit. Um, it was it was really cool for me to be the technical person and be technically right and yeah. uh, and kind of motivate people. But I always had trouble um, actually getting that motivation out, getting it okay. from my opinion into people in a way where they said, I'm following Gantt. This is what we're going to go mm, to. Interesting. Uh, and it was really hard. And kind of being alone in tech, I think, enforced that a bit. Mm. Being in New Orleans... Being uh -huh. a graduating class of two people in computer science, <laughs> it's like, it was very lonely. No uh, way. Two yeah, people. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. It's 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 a pretty interesting. So for U University of New Orleans, it was me mm -hmm. and my friend Tang, and he went to work for NASA. <laughs> oh. I was like, all right. It was I very lonely. Wow. <laughs> <Fun>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, oh, it happens to gosh. all of us. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Uh, I'd say that one of the best things that's happened is uh, I've, I've embraced my ignorance and it's mm -hmm. easier for me to do that after 20 years of programming. But yeah. I, I wish I could go back in time and tell myself, you know, go back to the immediately first job and be like, guess what? You're going to fail your word way to success and that's okay. And, uh, and everybody is going to appreciate that you did that. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's going to be a lot more valuable if you just start owning up to that right now. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. 
it's hard. When I'm live streaming, I'm like, no, it's okay. We made that mistake. It's good to be vulnerable. And it's, you know, yeah. we're human. And, but it, it, there's something really true about that because mm -hmm. we do learn. I mean, gosh, I just feel like such a nerd saying that we learn from our mistakes, but like, I mean, how else do you learn? And so right. I think it's a hundred percent true. And I appreciate you kind of saying it again, though, because <laughs> I think someone who has been in an industry and has found a lot of success, I think it's cool to know that you feel that too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, it, it's it's, it's such a valuable. You're right. <laughs> it, it it's good to know that this childlike uh, innocence of mm. experimenting and yeah. falling is just. As a matter of fact, when you lose that, you've stopped growing. Yeah, and that's what I say. Like, Oof. don't don't be afraid because the moment you clam up and you burn yeah. out and you seal up, the tree stops growing. The tree starts dying. Just keep keep that innocence and keep failing if you're not mm -hmm. failing why you're not pushing yourself no one's perfect yeah, yeah. how boring too right I, I've, I've been in meetings with people who are like i am never wrong i was like this conversation is pretty over <laughs> yeah sure this is i'm really happy to be chatting you know what i mean like what yeah. are you what are you talking about then at that point because right right yeah what value oh gosh Oh, okay. Well, um, can, can you share any advice? You've shared a lot already, but for those yeah. who are wanting to transition into tech, what are some things that pop to mind there? First of all, I'd say never use the front door on tech. Uh, if you've been in a different field for a long time, go ahead and use that to your advantage. Don't be a name on a piece of paper with someone else who didn't go off and get a bunch of experience somewhere else. Huh. So lean into that narrative. Yes, the disruptor. Oh, cool. You are that's your that's your trick. If you worked in the medical yeah. field for um, you know, X years, then you're gonna go into tech for you know, you're applying to a medical company or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh that's great. If you're applying to a consultancy, say, look, by the way, I'm an expert on this. I understand HIPAA compliance. I was the person yeah. who did the paperwork. Like that's your strong point. I you know, yeah. <laughs> like if you could do that and your codes billable then you're 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 gold you're it's, right. it's amazing and people are hiding that and don't try to be that person that is the computer science or whatever it is that right don't be that path because you're not going to compete with that resume whatever and you're going to be different right. and that might be exactly what they're looking for exactly the the piece of paper mm. which makes you look just like everybody else when you've had a world of experience somewhere else yeah uh that's that's the that's the trap. <laughs> Don't do it. Come yeah. on in with that cool uh, set of information and that fresh breath and, and realize that that means that you're going to fit perfectly for some jobs and you're going to be competing, um, yeah. you know, on the tech field <laughs> for others. But that's a leg up. Mm -hmm. Your your other alternative is to compete in tech experience on all of those fields. And that mm -hmm. that's how you get stuck in the middle of a pile. You don't Definitely. get from the middle of that pile. Yeah. And that means you're not going to get everything that you apply for either. And that's okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, exactly. I don't get Probably everything that I apply for. Oh my gosh. No, I have some friends who have gotten every single job that they've ever applied for. I'm like, what is that like? <laughs> but I think that interviewing and failing in those is a skill in itself. And just like kind of yeah. learning about, you learn a lot from yourself when you interview. And so it's a good thing to just practice. And so try to encourage folks to, yeah. you know, just whiteboard every once in a while. Why not? <laughs> yeah. 
it's a humbling thing. It's least. never going to go away. This is never oh. a skill that you're going to be like done with. Feel free to, mm-hmm. to, to work on yourself and work on that. I mean, there's develop, once you've got a job, there's developer expert programs you might be applying for, definitely, um, which are other cool stuff. And then you're, you're, you've got a job and you're applying for another thing. This is just, sure. uh, this is just a life skill. So true. <laughs> okay, so go ahead and make your shout out. What would you like listeners to go check out? I am a huge fan lately of especially people kind of getting involved with programming to, to mm-hmm. really start evaluating some stuff with AI. And I think yeah. AI is like, uh, for most of us, even advanced programmers for a while, it's like, oh, yeah, I saw a movie with, you know, this happened in it and that happened in it. And that's honestly what our primary educator is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Pop culture. But it's it's ridiculous. It's like either the Terminator is going to happen or we're all going to be like in Wally oh. with our cruise ship and our <laughs> and our sodas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but, okay. uh, no, the, yeah, there's some great courses available yeah, online. Definitely. To so much more. And I think that that's an edge as well as mm-hmm. I think that's something that in the next five years, and you can hold me yeah. to it, it's going to be a part <laughs> of every programming experience anywhere. So mm-hmm. um, if you want to talk a little bit more about AI, get excited about it. I do talks about it all the time. Um, it's basically uh, a great way to sort of frog leap ahead too. Um, there's, yeah. it's sort of like, Hey, I'm doing this. And then the iPhone came out and people are starting to do mobile apps. And then you saw a bunch of businesses like jump to the forefront. Sure. Um, this is like that moment with AI, except for, I think it's probably bigger than the iPhone. Yeah, no, it's true. And it's, a, it's, if you're picking something to dive deeper into, or maybe develop an expertise yeah. in, yeah, it's great advice. Um, and we, we talk a lot on here about whether to spend your beginning of a career being a generalist, um, mm-hmm. and the advantages of that. But then also, if you have a curiosity in that space, yeah, take a course, or there's tons of online oh, yeah. resources that are free. Uh, and just time to get started and, you know, play around, build a small app and write about mm-hmm. it then you know, write right. that blog post about your yes. learnings. And- yes, indeed. Very good advice. It's another thing that sort of like, uh, I'll say it's like the new hot tool that you can bring <laughs> to every job interview or every sort of um, business that you're getting into, because mm-hmm. that's another aspect of it is, you know, people were like, oh, can you build a website? And that got you a job at one point. And it's like, sure. can you build responsive websites? Can you build mobile apps? That gets you a job. And then I think the next question for everybody to head it off is like, what's your experience with, you know, large data sets and AI, you know, and that's going to get you really good paying jobs. All the buzzwords. That's <laughs> think of yourself as a search engine optimization. Like, how can you get all of those things on your resume? Uh, no, I think that's yeah. true. Okay, Gant, where can people find you online? So I am Gant Laborde on Twitter. I own GantLaborde.com. I am speaking at conferences all the time, and I would love to have people come in there, chime in, chat with me. Uh, check out the cool mad science stuff I'm working on um, <laughs> and just check out all that stuff. It's always fun. And hey, if you know, if the educational content I put out is really fun and interesting to you, great. If you think I could have done it better, great. Come tell me because I know I'm not yeah. perfect at this. So I would love <laughs> to have an online conversation with everybody. Um, just great. check out the cool stuff that we're working on and and reach out and say hi. 
Oh, that's uh, absolutely. I have to say, I don't, we didn't touch on it, but the open sorcerer title is <laughs> phenomenal. Bravo thank there. you. Thank <laughs> you. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, this has been an incredible conversation. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with the audience today and everybody go find him online and check him out. Woohoo! <laughs> thank you. Talk to you soon. Thanks. All right. Bye. <laughs> And that's a wrap on today's episode. Big thanks to the sponsor of today's episode, Cloudinary, and their Media Developer Expert Program, which is a global initiative for developer influencers who are passionate about learning, growing, and sharing their expertise in the exciting arena of rich media management while leveraging the power of Cloudinary's platform and extensive education resources. You can reach out to me on Twitter at lolocoding, that's L-O-L-O-C-O-D-I-N-G, to learn more about how you can become an MDE too. And as always, be sure to rate and subscribe anywhere you can find podcasts and check us out next week for another story and lessons learned from an unconventional path to tech.